Hey there, community. This is Boo, your community evangelist with the F5 Dev Central team. And today I'm hosting Dev Central Connects. Uh, welcome this week. Hope you're enjoying uh, the, the season and hope you're staying warm. And you can do so by checking out one of these sweaters, which is uh, found in two different ways. You can actually book a meeting with one of our uh, specialists for one-on-one -on -one to chat about F5 solutions, and you get a free sweater sent to you if you're in North America. Or you can check us out on shop.f5.com and you can acquire one of these sweaters as well. Uh, a little bit of a hint today, you may be seeing more of these sweaters uh, if you're tuning in on the video format today. Uh, we are streaming live right now to LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, on all the places. Uh, but very special for this week, I want to share uh, a bit of news with you all, breaking into the news a little bit early today. And uh, to do so, I'm going to bring on uh, my friend Aubrey here. So uh, Aubrey, what do you got to tell us? Hey, Dev Central community. Uh, Aubrey here with Dev Central. I'm just working on something well that I guess I'd like to tell you about right now that I'm very excited about. No, it's not the one loss Eagles this year. We have a podcast. That's right. Dev Central Connects. Our weekly live stream will now also be able to be consumed in podcast format. Uh, we've done the same thing that we did with this month in security and put that up on SoundCloud and have now redistributed that out to all the other places that you might be familiar with. If you have any spots that you're missing it on, please don't hesitate to reach out on community.f5.com and let me know. I'll do what I can to help you with it. But until then, tune in. Def Central Connects podcast starting now. All right, so that's an exciting piece of news we were waiting to share with everybody. I know we've been hinting at it for a little while now, but it is now uh, it is now out there on your favorite podcasting platforms. So uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If there's any others, again, please do let Aubrey know, uh, and we will get it up on on wherever you need to uh, consume your podcast from. Uh, maybe if you're in, if you're watching live right now, please drop in the comments what your favorite podcast app is. I know mine is uh, mainly Apple. However, Spotify has gone out and acquired some exclusive podcasts to their uh, platform. And so I do have uh, some spot, uh, some Spotify podcasts that I listen to as well. But uh, we'd love to hear what everybody's uh, favorite podcasting platform is. Would love to know if we've missed any of the the major ones out there. Uh, but very exciting for us to have Dev Central Connects available in an audio format. Um, we already have had for a few weeks now the F5 security podcast, family of podcasts, uh, I guess, that Aubrey runs uh, with. And and just for folks who haven't been following along for the last couple of weeks, just kind of uh, sharing that, uh, you know, Aubrey is really focused on our security uh, pieces of content. And so he already has podcasts going, some videos going for uh, this month in security and uh, this week in security and working with our F5 security incident response team, the CERT team, uh, and the F5 labs uh, research team as well. So lots of stuff going on there. And then you might see Jason Rahm uh, popping on once in a while with these pop-up shows for live coding sessions. Uh, and you'll be notified of that if you are following us on YouTube and you have your you have your notifications turned on. But also if you are in 
the Dev Central Connects group on community.f5.com, you'll actually get some early warnings when Jason is going to go live on those pop-ups. So they are pop-ups. They're kind of meant to be a little bit spontaneous because Jason's, he's always got ideas in his head and he's he's uh, revealing those ideas through code, I guess. And uh, so there's not a whole ton of notice necessarily for uh, these shows, but uh, but he does know a little bit ahead of time. And so he's going to post in the Dev Central Connects group on uh, the community platform when he is planning to do one of those. So uh, that's really exciting. A couple other things that I'll let you all know about uh, before we get into uh, some other bits here. Uh, some recent content that was released, Brightboard and Lightboard Lessons. And so I've been releasing a series called Brightboard Lessons kind of a, a little bit of a respin on Lightboard Lessons. Uh, most recently, one uh, from last week is on adaptive applications, which is um, a new way to think about, uh, or a new version of thinking about design architectures uh, inside of your uh, IT architecture, um, and ways to look at addressing things like uh, technical debt and how to manage all these different clouds that you might have and and organizing organizing things through service tiers. So uh, please do check that one out. And then Peter Silva recently released a Lightboard lesson as well. Peter, master of uh, Lightboards and communicating through that medium. And he's got one up on common server hardware, which was the topic of last week's show as well. So please do check those out. Those ones are available on a couple different platforms, but mainly if you check out the YouTube channel, everything will be on there for the longer term uh, and a little bit easier to find. One last thing I'll uh, bring up here just before we move into something else. I'm going to bring this up on screen, but for everybody listening via audio, I'm just going to highlight this for you all. If you head over to Dev Central and look under Dev Central News, our own uh, Leslie Hubertus uh, releases a community highlights for the week, every week. And this one she released just yesterday here. So you want to check out what uh, has been going on in the community, what kind of uh, forum posts and questions have been asked and answered. A couple of things that haven't been answered already. So you can check those out and see if you can actually uh, contribute back to the community. If you are an F5 expert, that'd be lovely. And you get uh, rewards for that kind of stuff in the form of kudos and, and accolades and badges. So uh, please do check out those. Um, and then uh, we do note, you know, who's been giving and, and receiving the most amount of kudos as well. So please do check out our community highlights uh, of the week. So with that all said, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Aubrey, who is going to talk a little bit about this week in security. Aubrey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Boo. How are you doing? I am very good. I'm just uh, just wanted to check out really quickly what podcast platforms everybody is on leaf he's an overcast guy i haven't used any overcast so that's interesting yeah i haven't either i'm i'm pretty lazy about it i use apple because it's my phone and it's already there and mm -hmm. it's just there so. uh scott campbell is on spotify cool got him covered uh jason rom he would like to know what features are your favorite in overcast and spotify i would like to know too so leaf please let us know I got to say the interface on Spotify is really slick. Um, the searchability is really nice too. And I found that just working with the podcast, Spotify seems to index very quickly. So if you want to search for a, a, a new podcast that's just hit an RSS feed, it it's there. That's, that's a nice, nice feature about it. I think a little, it was maybe a little faster than Apple. Nice. Sorry, Apple. 
Very good. And Leslie, uh, compliments on the sweaters. Thank you very much, Leslie. Thank you. Um, very cool. All right. So, Aubrey, you've got some uh, This Week in the Security for us. Uh, yes, I do, Boo. Uh, it is time for This Week in Security again. And uh, if you are unfamiliar, our pals over at the F5 Security Incident Response Team bring us This Week in Security every single week. And there is a, an editor each week, so you get a different flavor. This week's editor is Tika Nagi. And one of the great things, of course, about using community.f5.com is if you have questions about what's written here, you can just reach out to Tika and he can help you understand a little bit better or he can you know, maybe do continued research and we end up getting follow-up articles uh, in, in future This Week in Securities, which is always great, right? That's how, how community works. But this week, what we've got to cover is uh, a pretty... Uh, impressive last pass breach yet again. Um, this seems to be, uh, unfortunately, a recurring theme for these guys. We've reported on it in this month in security a few times, um, and, and it's it's not good. They they said that basically this is due to a third party cloud storage system, and they do not know the blast radius. So if you are a last pass user, you definitely want to take a look at things and uh, assess. I guess going forward. In addition to that, we've got coverage on a brand new Chrome Zero Day, which is really a Chromium uh, Zero Day, meaning that it, yes, impacts Microsoft Edge. And uh, seemingly, uh, very similarly, Microsoft also released a security update, but there were a couple of other things that were rolled into this as well, other CVEs that were unrelated. So uh, if you're an Edge user, uh, you may want to check out all of this and more on uh, on. Uh, this week in security. But one really quick thing to, to also add at the end here, there's a very important Android app signing key leak that came up this week. Um, this one may get huge if you're a security aficionado. Uh, what we've got here is the potential to inject bad code into the Google Play Store via uh, a, a number of, of big name Android vendors, including Samsung and LG. So if you are a user of that, you, you really may want to pay attention to cybersecurity news going forward um, because, of course, you know having a store is what makes these apps so secure. When the store is no longer secure, um, you have some, some big, big issues. Um, also, there's a fairly trivial, <laughs> I guess, malware for Redis that came up at the end. If you're really into Redis, though, of course... That's not that trivial. And I guess that's about it, Boo. That really kind of rounds it up for this week in security. Fantastic. Already. So everybody go check out that article uh, and check out the F5 security podcast that uh, Aubrey is uh, uh, taking care of. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Aubrey. We'll see you later. Thanks for having me on, man. Alrighty. So... Uh, next up, we're going to be talking to Tom Atkins. I'm just going to bring him on in just a second here, but I'll preface this conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about TMOS 13.1, and this is a conversation that I had back when I was uh, out, out in the field talking to a lot of customers uh, in person when I was uh, uh, a solutions engineer, is talking about the software lifecycle of F5. And first of all, we all know why we should upgrade. I mean, Aubrey is always drilling that into our heads with these security notifications, quarterly security notifications, that that's a reason to upgrade and, and be on top of that kind of stuff. But we'll also talk about some other reasons for that uh, as well. So I'm going to bring on Tom. Tom, how you doing? Hey, Boo. Yeah, doing well, thank you. And uh, great to join the Ugly Sweater crew. 
Yeah, exactly. We we're three for three today, so this is uh, fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and Tom, what's your uh, role at F Five? Yeah, so I'm uh, actually I've been at F Five for a little over six years now. So I'm on the core Big IP product marketing team. Uh, my primary focus is on Big IP Virtual Edition, but I dabble in a few other things as well. Fantastic. That sounds like everybody at F Five. We kind of dabble in all sorts of uh, stuff here and there, off to the side. Uh, very cool. So today we are going to be talking about TMOS 13.1. So um, maybe you can give us a, a summary of the position that we're in with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you want me to, actually, I think you're able to share my screen for me, right? There we go. Here we are. We yeah. So for folks that might be listening right now, we do have a couple things that are popped up on the video feed. This is a reason why to watch Dev Central Connect sometimes. But if you are listening, we'll we'll talk you through what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. I'll try and do my best to, uh, to describe what I'm talking through, but hopefully you can you, you can see that okay, Boo? I can, yep. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so version 13.1, um, end of software development, EOSD, as some might, might hear it or, or know it, is uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So this is a, a really pertinent time and a good time to be talking about this. It's actually going to be reaching end of software development on New Year's Eve, so the 31st of December. Um, so obviously, if you are running 13.1, please do tune your ears in. Uh, if you're not, if you're already on, you know, 14.1 and later, then hopefully you'll still learn a few things um, from from this this quick session. So if I flick forward, the first thing I wanted to cover is a quick look at the actual Big IP version 13.1 uh, software lifecycle. Um, and if you're you're tuning in the podcast, it's just a a, a timeline view of the different milestones across the uh, the typical F5 product lifecycles. So just walking through kind of the key milestones in a software lifecycle like version 13.1, obviously you've got, you st it starts off with the introduction of the software, so that initial release of the software. The next step that we reached is actually the EOSD, so end of software development. And what that really means is that's the key, a key date because after that date, F5 isn't going to offer software updates or patches for that specific code drain. So in this case, version 13.1. And what that means is that if you know uh, potential vulnerabilities or bugs are uncovered after that date, we won't necessarily fix them in version 13.1. We'll absolutely fix them in addition in uh, later releases like 14.1, 15.1. But if you want to uh, to actually access fixes for those vulnerabilities or bugs, you're going to have to upgrade to the latest or one of the the more recent versions, so 14.1 or later. Obviously, that's that's pretty critical. Nobody wants to be uh, in a position where they can't upgrade away and, and mitigate uh, uh, vulnerabilities that have been discovered. And then after EOSD, that's when we reach kind of the end of the product lifecycle, which is when we hit the EOTS and EOL. So EOTS is end of technical support. Um, and what this really means is that after that date, if you encounter any uh, technical issues, any configuration issues, maybe you need uh, to troubleshoot an issue, maybe you're under a security threat and you need a security attack and you need uh, some assistance from F5. If you are running a, a version of Big IP like 11 or 12 that's already reached end of technical support, then you're not actually able to, to ring us up and contact us and uh, obtain that, that help that you might need. Whereas if you're running 14.1 you know, or 13.1 at the minute uh, and you encounter those issues, you will absolutely be uh, able to access the support that you'll need. And then EOL is just really the end of life. So that's just saying that you know, after this point, F5 really won't support this, this uh, code train in, um, in any way, shape, or form after that point. Mm -hmm. So if we look at this in uh, for 13.1, if we overlay the specific dates for uh, those key milestones I've just run you through, 
the introduction of that of the 13.1 software was back in 2017. Uh, we're here. You, you can see that on the mm-hmm. screen. 12, the 12th of December uh, or 13th of December, I should say. Uh, that always that always mixes me up being from the UK. The way you do your your days and months uh, right. backwards. But anyway, um, yeah. So we're obviously on the 13th of December, and end of software development, as I said, is impending, coming up super quick in the next few weeks on the uh, the 31st of the 12th. So you do have absolutely you do absolutely have time to upgrade, um, and obviously, if you don't necessarily have time in the next few weeks to upgrade, because it, it can be quite a complex um, thing to do, especially if you're managing you know, the upgrades of hundreds of devices, it's not. I mean, it's it's critical the upgrade, but if it runs over a, a few weeks, uh, it's not the end of the world. If um, the the thing that is critical is that you do upgrade before that end of technical support or EOL uh, date next year. So that's basically a year behind the EOSD. So EOTS and EOL will be reached uh, at the end of December in 2023. So as I said, if you're not able to to reach EOSD and upgrade before then, not the end of the world, but obviously if you can, please do so. Um, But otherwise, please do make sure that if you're running 13.1, you are able to uh, upgrade before December next year. Hopefully that's enough of a a runway for, for everybody listening. I hope so. I mean, we we have been preaching that a lot here on Dev Central. I think everybody that watches and listens now uh, knows that we have these quarterly security notifications that Aubrey leads, and and we are trying to uh, enable the community to make sure their stuff is uh, patched up, and uh, they're used to that upgrade pattern. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is great to notice, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, so the next thing I wanted to quickly share is obviously we've just touched on the 13.1 lifecycle milestones, but looking forward a bit into the milestones for you know, version 14, 15, 16, 17. At the minute, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sharing uh, a table from article K5903 on askf5.com. And it's really just showing the corresponding EOSD, EOTS dates um, for the later release, releases like 14 and 15. One thing I did want to share on, on talk about on this slide specifically on this table specifically is that if you notice with 13.1 the end of software development is december 2022 and the end of technical support date is december 2023 so there is a year gap between those two whereas if you look at 14 15 16 and, and soon to be 17 those eosd and eots dates are actually now the same so taking 14.1 end of software development development is December 2023, but also end of technical support is also 2023. And I just wanted to provide some background as to why we've done that. And the main reason that we've done that is that our newer releases, so 14, 15, 16, are inherently a lot more secure, and we've spent a lot of time ensuring that they're higher quality. So we wanted to try to encourage our customers to migrate or to upgrade to those newer instance, new, newer software versions sooner rather than later. So instead of uh, our technical support date being you know, a year after end of software development, we've brought that in by a year so that it's actually now correspondingly at the same time as EOSD. Um, there's still, I mean, yes, we're, t- we're shifting from a five-year lifecycle to a four-year lifecycle. Um, but one thing I will add is that we did do some analysis um, across you know, software vendors out there. And the typical, the average life cycle for software these days is actually around three years. Mm. And, and quite a lot of companies actually only offer two years um, software life cycle from release to end of technical support. So we're still offering four years worth of, um, of, of product support, which is you know, uh, quite a bit above the average of three years. Mm. 
Yeah. So okay. if anybody is is moving away from 13.1 right now, you probably don't want to just just jump to 14. You probably if you're just going by the dates, you know, 15, 16 or or even uh, 17 or a little bit here uh, might be the ones yeah. to aim for. Absolutely. And as I said, those newer versions, we spent an awful lot of time and resources making sure that they're more secure and higher quality. So and obviously there's additional feature uh, feature functionality benefits from yeah. those later releases as well, especially from a security perspective. Um, OK, so just quickly, this is just a refresher on what that product lifecycle looks like for version 14.1 uh, and later. So instead of uh, if I flick back uh, where you can see the EOSD is offset from the EOTS dates, with 14.1 and later, the EOSD, EOTS, and EOL dates all uh, align at the very end of the, the product lifecycle. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. And so for anybody who is uh, listening to this, if you head over to community community.f5.com and join the Dev Central Connects group, there is a thread that will have all of the links uh, to what you are, uh, what we're looking at right now. Um, it well in in the chart format. Um, if you are listening via podcast, we'll put this into the podcast notes. Great. Okay, so just a couple more things. Um, obviously, we've been talking about upgrades. If you are looking for support or help with performing an upgrade, maybe it's the first time you're performing an upgrade, we do have a, a bunch of resources available to you. So on Ask F5, we have really, really thorough upgrade documentation, literally walking you step by step through how to perform an upgrade. And we've got uh, corresponding videos up on our YouTube, Ask F5, and Dev Central channels as well, where you can you watch other people uh, from F5 walk, um, go through an upgrade and you know, perform upgrade demonstrations that you can literally just copy it and walk yourself through. But then, of course, if you don't necessarily want to do the upgrade yourself, maybe you need some help planning an upgrade, or it's just a super expansive upgrade covering hundreds and hundreds of devices and you need some assistance, Obviously, F5's professional services um, organization is absolutely there to help. They can help you with the planning, with the execution, whatever you need. Uh, this is something F5 does on a day-to-day -day business. Our, our professional services organization does on a day-to-day -day business. And they'll be more than happy to, uh, to help you out if you do absolutely. want some support. You know, I'll also add to that. We have a number of uh, folks that are part of Dev Central that are part of our partner community as well. And so for any... Uh, and customers who have great relationships with their partners, they might be looking to some of their partners, you know, some of the bigger ones out there like a CDW, a WWT and so on, uh, or your regional partners as well, uh, should have all the resources as far as a hands-on keyboard that can help you out with your upgrades. Yep, definitely. It's a great point. Okay, and then the last thing I wanted to, to touch on, because I know I'm, I'm, I spent a bit, a bit more time than I, uh, I thought I would, but no worries. The, uh, on a, an upgrade-related uh, matter, I wanted to quickly just give a, a spotlight to the new or relatively new Journeys migration utility. Uh, hopefully some of you have heard of this. If not, um, this is it's probably been around for around a year and a half, two years now. Um, and what it allows you to do is really easily migrate and upgrade um, your configuration, your software from one big IP to a new big IP. So say you're running a iSeries today, running version 13.1, and you've just bought F5's R-Series appliance and you want to run version 16 on that, um, on that new R-Series platform. What the Journeys migration utility allows you to do is it allows you to export the configuration for the entire big IP or just an individual app if you want to do it on a per app basis. You can export that configuration you know, in the format of a UCS file or an AS3 declaration. Put it into the Journeys migration tool. Journeys will take a look at it. It will modify it. 
and make sure that that configuration is now actually compatible with the software version that you're migrating to. It'll actually output you know, that modified UCS or AS3 declaration that you can then uh, implement on the new big IP uh, device. So in this case, R series, and it'll automatically be compatible with version 16.1. Uh, so it's a completely free tool. Uh, it's up on our F5 uh, GitHub repository. While it's performing the uh, the migration, it'll automatically identify any potential issues. It'll resolve those. It'll provide a uh, post-migration uh, report explaining exactly what's happened, what changes have been made, uh, so that you can check that, that everything's uh, fully operational and healthy. So if you haven't already, I do recommend uh, go and take a look at it. We've got a lot of customers using it, and it's definitely speeding up uh, their migrations. You know, you're not not uh, manually having to perform those those migrations anymore. I think that's about it. Awesome. I'll, uh, pass the ball over to you, Boo. Yeah, that's an awesome tool. There is some video content around that on the Dev Central YouTube channel as well. So if you head over to YouTube.com/slash/DevCentral, maybe our research team in the background might be able to dig up one of those videos to share with everybody as well. But uh, yeah, fantastic tool. So thanks for sharing that, Tom. And I will mention to everybody, we will put a link for all of the show notes that's in the Dev Central Connects group uh, inside of whatever platform you're watching or listening this from, listening to this from. Um, we will head over. Actually, I'll show everybody who is watching via video what that show thread looks like. There's a picture of me, but uh, cartoon me, and then there is uh, all of the all the links that you wanted to share, Tom. Uh, and then we'll actually talk a little bit about news here. We got about four minutes left here. So we got time for maybe a news article here and maybe the first one that we will bring up here. There is so much chatter about AI right now. Uh, chat GPT, we were talking about that last week and I could have brought up a hundred articles on chat GPT and uh, scenarios with it. But um, not to forget, we've talked about this uh, a, a few times already about AI imaging imagery and the generation of it. And one aspect to think about here is uh, deep fakes and what can happen with your deep fakes because, you know, you, everybody's, or not everybody, but a lot of people are public on social media these days, whether they're doing it for commerce or they're doing it to share with friends or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, this person here uh, took this their face and they uploaded it into uh, some, uh, AI imagery tools. And I want to scroll through all the pictures here. And this is, this note is in, or this link is in the show notes for everybody who's listening right now, but we, we, we've got somebody who's taken their picture, um, uploaded into AI, uh, generation to image generation tools, and you can create some deep fakes that are not, not becoming of somebody. Um, very interesting what might happen with that if you wanted to potentially sabotage someone's life and and people aren't thinking through the deep fake scenario some bad things can happen um with this so i don't know tom what how's your uh public profile look like these days and you think you'll get deep faked <laughs> um hopefully not but yeah that's, that's pretty terrifying i mean the first thing that i thought when i, when I was reading that is you know the potential for for scams um, mm. People creating fake Instagram profiles, filling them up with all of these fake uh, images, and then using them to scam people. Um, so I'm sure that that's one one way that these will be used uh, maliciously. But yeah, it's pretty terrifying how how legit they uh, these images look. Yeah, you know that's a good that's a good point too on on 
creating a fake profile, but also stealing a profile, not mm-hmm. not just with, uh, I guess, the AI imagery, but deep fake videos, which was a topic a week or two ago, I believe. Um, but, you know, I had a friend whose Instagram account was hijacked and the method that they used to uh, for him to reclaim his Instagram account was actually sending a video of him um, and proving the date with some sort of um, some sort of element that would prove the date and then um, showing that his face is is who he says it is but with a deep fake you could potentially lock somebody out of their account uh, have them try to uh, uh, or go through the recovery process yourself and steal their account and and you could deep fake the pictures of them uh, and continue on with their account with uh, it, it seems like it's getting a lot easier to do that these days and I don't know how you can uh, detect this kind of stuff at this point. Like this is very, very real uh, looking, this one here. Yeah, maybe, I mean, it's a problem for, I guess, social media giants to figure out uh, from a security perspective. Maybe it's something in the way that photos are taken. Maybe they can encode something when a photo is taken to ensure it's, uh, it's legit, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll ask ChatGPT what the answer is to this, actually. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, we are at time today, so I'm going to uh, pull this down. Tom, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Alrighty, so uh, that was great to have Tom on today. Um, again, if you are uh, watching us or have been watching us all this time, uh, please note that we do have podcast uh, version available of Dev Central Connects at this point. There is already a podcast version of the F5 Security Podcast, which is uh, something that Aubrey is leading. Um, and he's got on uh, folks from F5 uh, Security Incident Response Team, from the CERT team, and from the F5 Labs team. So you want to check that out. If you do like this content from whatever platform you're watching this from, if you haven't subscribed or followed already, please do so. Hit like uh, on the video as well. That always helps us out. Leave a comment uh, if you found any of this interesting, if you have any questions. And please do make sure you sign up uh, to join us on community.f5.com, where we hang out as well. Otherwise, thank you very much, community, and we will see you next week.